Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to episode number 343 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm super excited to be back in your earbuds again this week. And I've got a really great coaching episode that I think a lot of you will be able to relate to. So before we get going, I just have a few items of business. One, I appreciate and love your reviews. So if you haven't left a review for this podcast and it's helped you in big or small ways, I would be so appreciative, a quick tap of the stars. And then of course, if you have an extra 30 seconds to leave a review, it really helps the algorithm and the podcast gods and goddesses and all of that to get this show into front of more women like you. So thank you so much for your support in that. The second thing is I mentioned last week on the podcast about my emotional availability assessment. I know a lot of you have already taken the assessment. It's actually a fun little thing to do from time to time because it'll change. It's not like this one static score that you're going to have forever and always. So it can actually be a really fun assessment to take, especially if you've been doing this work a little bit now or listening to the podcast you might notice some things that have begun to open up for you. And that can be super, super fun. And if you are newer to the show and have not taken the emotional availability assessment, I highly recommend you do so. I actually have a podcast all about the emotional availability assessment that walks you through it, that walks you through what it looks like when you're not emotionally available and kind of what that means and how to manage that. So I'll put that podcast episode in the show notes so you can listen to it. Um, But you can download the assessment for free over at veronicagrant.com. 
com forward slash assessment. And again, we'll put that link in the show notes. And by the way, the show notes page, you can always just access it from whatever podcast player you're listening to. You can also go to veronicagrant.com forward slash episode and then whatever the number is. So this is 343. So it'd be veronicagrant.com forward slash episode 343. And then, you know, same thing for any other episode that you're ever listening to. Just type in the number after slash episode and you will get the show notes and any links that I mention throughout the course of that episode. And the other benefit of getting the assessment is that you will get onto my email list. And all this month, I am teaching Wild Soul Movement classes. Wild Soul Movement classes are work-ins. So think of workouts where you work out your body, but a work-in is, yes, we move the body, but for the benefit of your mind and your emotions. So each class has a theme to help you really embody compassion or self-love or forgiveness or whatever it is. And so I am teaching those for free all of this month. If you would like to know when I'm teaching those classes, so you can come, you'll need to be on my newsletter list. I can't announce it on my podcast, not because I'm trying to be all secretive or whatever, but just because the turnaround time can be a lot slower on the podcast, because you might be listening to this episode, even several days after I release the episode. And then by that chance, By that time, if I announced the class, it could already be over. I'm not going to be recording the free classes, so they're just there for you if you can come live. Later on, I'm going to teach these classes, and I will charge, I'm not sure exactly what, but something like what you would pay to go to a drop-in yoga class. Um, You will get recordings to that, so you can refer back to the practice as many times as you need. So again, the link to the assessment is veronicagrant.com forward slash assessment. And then just to remind you, I have a couple spots available to work with me one-on-one. And so if you want my attention and my eyes fully on your love life and what's not working, and you want my support in helping you shift from the inside out so that you start attracting better relationships and having better what one might call luck in love, then I would love to connect with you and discuss if working together is the next right step for you this year. So the link to apply and to schedule an introductory call with me is veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. And there I have some more information about working together, some testimonials, and then there's a quick form to fill out. You fill out that form and you schedule your call And then in the call, of course, you can ask me any questions you want. I tell you all about what it looks like to work with me. And it's not, you know, it's no high pressure. It's no obligation. It's really just a, it's just a check for us to make sure that it's a good fit for me, for me to work with you, but then it's also a good fit for, for you. And I'm the right person to support you. So again, the link to that is veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. And as always, we'll put that link in the show notes. Okay, so my caller today, her name is Nina, and she has not dated in 13 years, and the thought of doing so is beyond scary. Now, maybe you have dated within the last 13 years, and if that's still you, I think a lot of what I talk about in this episode is going to be super powerful and super helpful for you because it's not so much about the 13 years that she hasn't dated. What's really the issue is that she really changed her whole life. She gave up a lot of stuff to be in this relationship. I think she moved, she lost a lot of friends, all this kind of stuff. And then it obviously was not a good relationship. It did not go the way she was hoping it would go. And then she was just left to pick up the pieces and rebuild essentially from scratch. And as it might not be super surprising, it's really hard for her now to 
believe in love, to trust herself, to trust her judgment, to trust her intuition, let alone trusting other people. So even if your last relationship ended yesterday or a year ago or whatever, but but you find that you're carrying a lot of fear around from that relationship, then this episode is going to be super, super important. And I will just say this, I didn't really mention it in the episode. I'll talk a little bit more about this after the coaching conversation, just as I break everything down. Um, But the more time that passes, sometimes it can make it actually seem extra scary, right? Because if you're waiting until you feel confident enough, or you're waiting until you feel whatever it is that you feel like you need to feel before you start dating, you might be waiting for a really, really long time because you don't develop confidence in your head. You don't develop self-love. You don't develop worthiness. You don't develop self-esteem just thinking about it, right? You actually have to do things. Evidence breeds confidence. And so whether it's 13 years for you or a year or six months or whatever, but you feel paralyzed by fear because of a previous experience, just know that the more time that passes, the harder and scarier it's going to, well, certainly feel, but also kind of be because it just think about like, a slope, right? The longer the time passes and the more you play out different things in your head, then it's just that slope is getting steeper and steeper and steeper to climb. Um, So I'm going to talk a little bit like, okay, well, when do you actually just need to like back off from dating? And when do you actually need to start practicing? I'll talk about that a little bit more in the breakdown after my coaching conversation. So make sure you listen to that. But here are some questions to consider as you're listening to my call with Nina. Number one, do you feel like being shy holds you back? And do you confuse being shy with being just more reserved or introverted? Have you been told you are wrong in what you do, what you say, what you think, what you feel, or what you believe? Have you had a parent and then ensuing friends or partners who were overly critical of you or controlling of your decisions that you make? And does your past relationship continue to paralyze you with fear? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Nina. Hi, Nina. Welcome to the show. How can I help today? Thank you. Um, I have been single for 13 years. I haven't really dated or anything in 13 years. And I'm trying to get comfortable with the idea of starting to date again. And um, just to understand why I've been single for 13 years. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So if I'm understanding you correctly, you're at a point where you're trying to get comfortable with the idea of dating. So not even yes. like dating yet, just comfortable with the idea. Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to work up to being able to date again. Okay. Okay. What makes you feel uncomfortable or what, what are the stories or the fears that are going on in your head? I'm very shy. So that makes dating difficult. Um, I'm also a pretty recent cancer survivor and navigating dating with that in my background is um, pretty intimidating. I'm just I'm not sure when you reveal that to people. And also my last relationship, which ended 13 years ago, was was pretty bad and um, screwed up my life in a number of ways. And I feel like in some ways I don't trust my judgment because of that, because I did make some really bad decisions in my last relationship. And I think I've been afraid to try again because I don't don't trust myself. Yeah. So before you, when you were mentioning, I had this bad relationship Mm -hmm. 13 years ago, you went into it, you talked about self-trust, but I was literally going to ask on a scale of one to 10, how much do you, do you trust yourself? So, um, so, okay. Yeah. So I'm hearing that. So that's, that's pretty low. Um, okay. So we don't have to like get into all the details and relive Mm -hmm. all the stuff from the relationship, 
But what I want you to do is, let's see, how do I want to do this without unpacking everything? What I want you to do is first, let's just close your eyes actually. And take a few breaths and just get settled in here a little bit. And I want you to bring into your mind's eye the version of you that was in this relationship 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's similar to the concept of inner child work, except that, you know, it's 13 years ago, you, not necessarily five year old you. And when you see her, tell me what you first, just tell me what you see. Um, just someone really miserable and um, very anxious and very trapped. Yeah. Yeah. And what was driving her to make the decisions that she was making? You, you called them bad decisions. I'm just yeah. Call them yeah. Decisions, um, but what was driving you to make those decisions? So I think the decision to be in the relationship was more feeling like I should be in a relationship than that I wanted to be in a relationship with this person. Um, I was 35 and just feeling kind of pressured to be in a relationship. And then uh, this relationship screwed up my life because I moved to be with this person. Um, I had a really good life where I was and I didn't want to move. And I let him talk me into doing it against my better judgment and just, um, you know, lost my friends, lost a place I loved, moved to a small town in the middle of nowhere where I was incredibly miserable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But what was driving? I mean, I know he convinced you. Yeah. But what was like that? What was like you said, um, I should be in a relationship. So should. Mm-hmm. You know, one way to unpack this a little bit is like, should according to who? Uh, Society, um, family. My sister is two years younger than me and she was getting married. And I was just feeling like, like people thought it was time for me to be in a relationship, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is really dumb looking back on, but I did. Well, I don't want to pass judgment. I don't want you to pass judgment either because that's not going to help. Every time you Mm -hmm. pass judgment, Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine like if I was sitting here passing judgment, like, wow, you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. I'd be like, I'm going to end this call right now. Right. No, I got it. (laughs) Yeah. So, so you made decisions Mm -hmm. um, that at the time were, you thought doing your best. Well, they were doing your best. Not, not that you thought you were, they were, you were doing your best, right? Yeah. You felt this pressure from family, mm-hmm. from society that you quote unquote should be, you ought to be in a relationship. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. This pattern, not, not this pattern, but this like situation where like other people's should do this time to do this, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Was that a new thing or is that something that had been happening before? No, I, I think that's something that's been happening most of my life. Okay. And when's the first time you can remember that really having an impact or affecting you? I don't know if this is a good example, but I used to dance all the time. Mm -hmm. And I remember being told not to dance in public and I stopped dancing in public. Yeah. How old were you? That's like a really young memory. I think I was about six. You were six and people mm-hmm. told you to stop dancing in public. That my mother. Your mother. Okay, so let's bring your six-year-old self into your mind's eye. Mm-hmm. And tell me what you see. Um, 
I see someone who's really eager to please other people mm-hmm. and really not wanting to make mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and why is this? Why did she want to please? Why did she not want to make mistakes? Uh, wanting to make people happy and I think just not wanting to take up too much space. Because? Because it, not wanting to upset people. Okay. What happened if she upset people? It wouldn't feel good. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't feel good. Yeah. Um, as a human, mm-hmm. you feel love, safety, and belonging. You can open your eyes now if you want. Yeah. You need to feel love, safety, and belonging. Mm-hmm. And if other people who are in your orbit, whether as friends or parents or siblings or whoever, weren't able to, gosh, what's the right word? The words coming to my mind is handle, but that's not the right word. Mm-hmm. People weren't able to handle you or just be fully witness to you. That's the better word. Yeah. Witness to you. Mm-hmm. Um, they felt uncomfortable. And so they turned that back onto you. Mm. And so because you are human and because, and therefore need to feel love, safety, or belonging, you mm. learned a pretty effective tool, which was to be pleasing, stay small, don't take up space, mm-hmm. do what others think. Yeah. And when you're five years old or whatever age or six, that's what you said. Yeah. You kind of need to do that because that's, you, you don't have the awareness or the freedom or the resources that you have now. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So can you see a connection between your six-year-old self being told to stop dancing or stop dancing in public mm-hmm. with the version of you that was mm-hmm. in that relationship or being convinced to make that decision to be in that relationship? Can you see how it's just one long continuum? I can. Yeah. I mean, in a lot of ways, I'm very unconventional, but there are also choices that I make all the time to, to please other people. So I can see that. Yeah. I I can see um, the wanting approval and um, wanting to make people happy. Yeah. 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 It's really just like a six-year-old situation Mm -hmm. versus like a 30-something-year-old situation, but like the tenets of it and the pattern of it and the emotional need to feel love, safety, or belonging is literally, it's, it's no different. Yeah. I, I, I do absolutely see that. You just, you get such approval when you're in a relationship. Um, Exactly. Yeah. Approval from family, approval from society, Mm -hmm. patriarchy, all sorts of, all sorts of places. Yep. Yep. Love to give approval to women in relationships. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Which makes our lives a lot harder, I guess. Yes. <laughs> um, so first we can certainly like, you know, give some middle fingers to the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also looking at it from this light, I don't want you to have sympathy, but can you garner some empathy for your 30-something-year-old self who was in this relationship, who was doing the best she could at the time, Mm-hmm. with the tools and resources that she had available. And from that place, can you have compassion for the choices that she made? I can. Yeah. 
Okay. I, I regret them, but I think I can have empathy and compassion. Okay. On a scale of one to 10, when you're talking about the compassion towards the choices you made, like where mm -hmm. would you be? 10 being the most compassionate of all. Five. Okay. Okay. Five's not bad. I mean, not there's, no. there's no such thing as good or bad in my world, at least. Mm -hmm. Um, Forget about getting to 10. Like, that's not necessary. So don't pressure yourself okay. to, to get up there. <laughs> um, but probably being at seven or eight might be more ideal. Okay. And, you know, regret is an interesting word to use because I think that, I mean, I think you can actually have regret as long as you have like the, like you can look at your 30 something year old self with just like a ton of compassion. Because mm -hmm. if you, if you look at her as making bad decisions, I mean, like spoiler alert, like your 30 year old self is you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's really just looking at yourself and being like, well, can't trust myself. Like mm -hmm. look at me making these dumb decisions mm -hmm. and everything that I regret. Da, 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 da. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it sounds like this relationship, did you use the word destroyed or another word? Like it, 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 completely upended your life. Yes, it did. Right. Destroyed is actually a pretty good word. Okay. And so not regarding dating relationships, mm -hmm. the other parts of your life, how do you, how do you feel about it? The other parts of my life currently? Like, like friendship, home, where you live, work life, all that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, not bad at this point. I mean, I have good friendships. I'm okay with where I live. My job situation is not perfect, but it's pretty good. Okay. Okay. So I'm not looking for perfection mm -hmm. here. I'm never looking for perfection. Perfection is not <laughs> really the place to be. Yeah, I know. Nor is it a place to be. However, the reason that I ask is because I want you to be able to see that you have resilience, mm -hmm. that you might've made some decisions that were ultimately not in your best interest, like we don't have to like beat around the bush mm -hmm. around that. Like we can just, you can just own it yeah. right? and you can accept it. And also you can see how far you've come since that place. Mm -hmm. And when we're looking for self-trust, we're really looking for confidence. And when we're looking for confidence, what we want to look for is evidence because evidence builds confidence. Mm -hmm. And so when you can look for micro decisions or big decisions that you've made since that relationship dissolved, my hope is that will help you build confidence in like, oh, yeah, my, my 30 something year old self, she was just doing the best she could with the tools and resources that she had. Mm -hmm. I have more tools and resources now. I can make different decisions. Doesn't mean I won't make a mistake again. <laughs> Doesn't mean I won't make a regrettable decision in the future. But you have now this evidence that you can get through it, whatever it is, because you can, yeah. you've already done it. It sounds mm -hmm. like, like that was like the worst of the worst. Yeah. What's coming it, up for you? It was pretty bad. I did get back to a better place. It just took a really long time. Well, and that's the kind of, well, a couple things. One, we can't control timing. No. We can't control when we'll meet someone. We can't control how long something will take. We can't control when we won't feel a way we don't want to feel anymore. So there does have to be a little bit of letting go of control there. Mm -hmm. And also I'm assuming this isn't the first time you've ever reached out for any kind of support, even if it's just like reading a book. Oh yeah. Right. So my assumption, and I think mm -hmm. this is 
don't usually like to assume it's probably a pretty good assumption, pretty safe one, is that you have more tools and resources available to you now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, that is absolutely true. I do. Yeah. You probably have a better sense of boundaries and communication. And I'm not saying you're going to do it perfect if there's a questionable situation that you might be in in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not going to be how it was before because you've moved forward. And if nothing else, time has passed. And with the passage of time, you've learned, you've experienced things, you've grown, even if you don't even try to, like it just happens as being a human, (laughs) but then you put effort into it and it just like, you know, further builds on it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I just, I don't know, because I haven't dated in 13 years. I just, it's hard to imagine how I am now dating i don't know and i am i am afraid that i haven't learned anything well you know there does get to be an expiration date on how much inner work you can do Mm -hmm. before you actually go out and date and see what happens yeah i feel like i've been trying to fix myself for ever and i think i'm as fixed as i'm gonna get honestly well also you're not broken so there's nothing to fix Mm. (laughs) um but i i i I hear what you i I hear what you're saying like yes you're 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 right because you might go out and date and surprise yourself i'm like Mm. oh wow i handled that like a freaking pro (laughs) and sometimes you might go out and you're like well that was a shit show but what did i learn what uh-huh. came up for me? And that way, at least then you can come back to your inner work and it's a little bit more specific to yeah. what's actually coming up. I think that you have built this story in your head, like, well, I haven't dated in 13 years. Mm-hmm. And like, what will I be like? What will I do? Can I dress myself? Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And it's almost become like the big scary monster in the closet. Yeah, I think that's true, actually. And then when like, once you open the door, you're like, oh, that little thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I do think that there is some room around, you know, building some compassion for younger versions of yourself Mm -hmm. who learned that the way to navigate the world and relationship was just to do what other people wanted you, you know, to play it safe. Mm -hmm. Right. So there certainly is some inner work around that for sure. And also... I think there's just this big story in your head around what dating is and, you know, how you might mess it up or Mm -hmm. do this or do that. And I think there's going to have to be a little bit of a piece of you that's like, yeah, fuck that. I'm not going to buy into that story. anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm just, it feels like if I start dating, I'll be completely powerless. And I know that's not the case, but I think... I think I'm afraid that it will be. But okay. so the phrase, so you have again, you have a lot of stories. We could probably we we could probably like like if we were to talk for like two hours, like mm-hmm. you could probably come up with like a bunch of different beliefs and reasons and da 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 da, da right? Mm-hmm. For why something won't work or it'll be mm-hmm. hard or what will happen or whatever. So of course, like you know, if we we're working long term, I'd want to look into some of those and the patterns mm-hmm. of of where these beliefs come from. However, a really easy kind of catch all thing you can do is. In the past, I used to. Mm, okay. So you just said to me that you become powerless in dating. So in the past, I used to become powerless in dating. Uh-huh. And it's just like a little reframe. It's like, oh yeah, in the past, I used to do that. 
Uh-huh. So it's not like, you know, sugarcoating or denying anything. It's like, yeah, in the past, I used to do that. But now you have more tools. You have different resources, new mm-hmm. resources, more resources. You have more awareness. Yeah. And again, the thing about confidence, which is very closely linked with self-trust, is it's like, yeah, there's a little bit of like self-pumping up. You can do like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. You know, there's a little bit of that you can mm-hmm. for sure. But it's not going to take you from like a two to a 10. <laughs> <laughs> but what will take you to from a two to a 10 is building that evidence. So mm-hmm. you're not going to feel completely ready. Okay. And you can start so small. Mm-hmm. Like instead of just whole idea of like, oh, I got to start dating. I got to meet someone. Like just make it like one micro goal. Like I'm going to figure out how I want to meet people, Uh tell people and ask to be set up. Do I? If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want to create a profile on an app? Mm-hmm. Okay, if I want to create a profile, what what app do I want to, you know, create a profile on? Oh, I don't know what people use. Okay, well, let me ask some friends. These are all steps mm-hmm. yeah. you can take. And just take one step. One step. It doesn't have to be 10 million of them. It doesn't have to be like a big step. One tiny step. Mm-hmm. And you just start doing it. And when those fears come up, like, oh, well, I become so powerless. I do this. I'm like, oh, I used to do those things. Mm-hmm. I used to do those things. And now I'm in a new place. Again, not to say that you're never going to make a quote unquote mistake right? or make a quote unquote bad decision, but you can handle that because mm-hmm. you've done it before mm-hmm. from what was probably a much worse situation than what you would find yourself in by talking to a few guys on the apps or on a first date. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I do want to say, I'm going to just circle back really quick. The top of our call, you said that you were shy. Mm -hmm. I can relate. I can be pretty shy too. Mm -hmm. Shyness is just confidence. That's different than being someone who's more reserved naturally or someone who's more introverted. Mm -hmm. And so I think that you were probably kind of, what's the word? Um, 
I can't think of the word. I mean, you just became shy because when you danced, you know? Yeah. You know, literally, but then also metaphorically, you were told that's wrong. Mm -hmm. And so it's not surprising that you would develop some shy tendencies because it probably hurt to be told to not dance in public. It did, yeah. 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 So, you know, you might be more reserved. You might be more introverted than other mm-hmm. people. I get that. I am, I'm the, exact I'm, I'm definitely both of those things. Yeah. I'm the exact same way. I totally yeah. get it. And also, you know, my mom always used to call me shy, not like in a bad way, but I just mm-hmm. kind of embraced it. And I'm like, no, I don't want to be shy. I'm not going to be, mm-hmm. I am reserved and mm-hmm. I am um, introverted mm-hmm. and I very much own that, but I'm not shy. Yeah. How are you feeling? Um, good. I mean, that's, that's all really helpful. Thank you. Okay, good. So what are your, what are your um, action steps? A few action steps. I think probably setting up a profile. I, I hate online dating a lot. We haven't done it in 13 years. How would you know? (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That is a good point. That's a very good point. Um, But probably, yeah, researching and seeing what, and I mean, it would don't be nice over research because you don't over research. You could like read blogs and talk to people ad nauseum. Just to say, I'm going to give myself a week to read okay. some blogs and talk to friends about what they use. And then mm-hmm. I'm making a decision. Okay. That's a good idea. To, yeah. You do have to put a boundary on that because okay. you could research forever. <laughs> you could you could very easily research forever. And then they would create a different one and you would have to research that. Um, but I also like the idea of working with the, in the past I used to do this. So maybe do some journaling about that and kind of get that all out there. I think that would be helpful too. Yeah. Yeah. In the past I used to, and then compassion and compassion, your 30 something self in that relationship. Mm -hmm. Also any version of yourself prior that made decisions because other people thought that was best or their opinion or whatever. Yeah. I think that'll be. Because you don't want to totally disregard the inner work, you know, you're in the jungle. You always got to do inner work now, but I think it is time to just go out there and see what happens. And yeah, again, you might surprise yourself or mm-hmm. again, shit might hit the fan, but either way, it's not bad. It's yeah. <laughs> that you can use to then move forward. Yeah. All right. That's great. Shrink the monster. (laughs) I like that analogy. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. All right, my dear. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This, This was amazingly helpful. I really appreciate it. Thank you. If you like what you hear in these kinds of episodes, imagine what we could do if it was just you and me working together over many months. Listen, I know what it's like to feel stuck and hopeless in your love life. I remember throwing everything in my love life in the hopes that something will stick and I'd finally catch a break. It wasn't until I stopped changing up my profile for the millionth time or telling myself that next time will be different from the millionth time that things actually start to shift for me. In order to find deep love, you've got to do the deep work. And through my own experience of crappy dating, helping hundreds of women before you and my expertise in inner child work, I can help you make the inner shifts you need to get the outer shifts you want. When you work with me, we dig into your past relationships, your childhood, and deep-rooted beliefs so we can unravel your relationship patterns and get you into the deep love you want to be in. It doesn't matter if you've done this kind of work for years and haven't figured it out yet, or you're newer in the personal growth space. 
What matters is that you're done with being where you are now and you're ready to invest time, money, and energy into dramatically up-leveling your love life. If that sounds like what you want, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can see if one-on-one coaching is right for you. I've got limited spots available, so please don't put this off if this is something that you want this year. Head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching to schedule your call. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. Talk soon. And in the meantime, let's get back to the episode. Thank you so much, Nina, for coming onto the show. As always, I appreciate everyone's courage and vulnerability who does come onto the show. And Nina, I know this was very scary and took a lot emotionally and energetically. So I just, I so appreciate you. If you are interested in coming onto the show, I'm going to be recording a lot of episodes this spring. So to sign up and be coached by me for free, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. This is a free 20, 25 minute coaching call. Obviously, we can't cover every single little thing going on in your love life, but the goal is that you walk away with a few big action steps that you can take. And we can use a different name if you want. I never reveal any kind of identifying info like where you work or where you live or anything like that. So again, to sign up, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast, scroll all the way to the bottom of the page and there there's a link and the link is something along the lines of do you want to be coached for free on on the podcast? Click that link. That will take you to a Google Doc. Fill out that Google Doc, and then that will forward you to my calendar if I have current spots available. If I don't, then filling out the Google Doc adds you to my wait list, and then either myself or my assistant will be in touch to schedule when it's time to do so. All right, so Nina is carrying a lot of fear and anxiety when it comes to thinking about the prospect of dating. And she's bringing up three specific reasons as to why she feels that way. One is she's shy. Two is she had a devastating breakup 13 years ago that she said destroyed her life. And then three is she is a cancer survivor and she's not sure when or if or should she bring it up with someone that she's dating. Now, unfortunately, we didn't get time to get into that in our coaching call. Again, I can't cover everything. But I just want to speak briefly to that. Because even if you're not a cancer survivor, you might have gone through another kind of illness. And your question might be like, well, do I need to bring it up? Should I bring it up? Do I have to bring it up? When do I bring it up? And unfortunately, there's no cut and dry answer, but I do want to talk through some things with you so that you can kind of have an idea of what you do or don't want to do. So for some people, going through your treatment becomes a really big part of who you are, your personality, and it has a really big impact on how you view the world, view yourself, view life, view relationships, all of those things. And if you can identify, like if that relates to you, then I think you can talk about it whenever you want. Like if you are online dating, for example, you could even have it on your profile if you wanted to, right? Um, Because it's a big part of who you are. And it would be just like having any other kind of strong morals or values that you might highlight on your profile. This could just be another piece of, of that. 
if you don't really identify with that, you don't really feel like you have that kind of relationship with your survival and your treatment, then again, I, th- I still think that you can do whatever you want. I don't think it's something that you are obligated to tell somebody on the first date or even the first few dates. And if you feel like you need to tell somebody or that you quote unquote should tell somebody about your history there, my question is why? You know, sometimes there might be good reason to, especially if it's genetic and you want to potentially have kids. That would probably be fair information for the other person to know. If your treatment has any kind of lasting impact on your life and your mobility and your ability now, then sure. Um, I think it might be important to tell at least at some point. But I, regardless, I don't think you have to tell it in a way where you see it as a burden or you're afraid the other person sees it as a burden. I want you to, even if it's not a big part of your identity or morality, you know, the way I was previously explaining, I still think you need to have a healthy relationship to it because if you see it as a burden or a drawback to someone dating you, then there's a better chance that they're going to receive it as such. And it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So my question is, I'm never going to ask you to oh, have gratitude for what you went through. Like, no, that would be massively gaslighting and icky. And look, and if that's what you feel, then that's great. But I'm not going to tell you that that's what you have to feel. Okay. But, you know, not going all the way to, oh, have gratitude. But like, how did this experience, how did this treatment, how did what you went through, like, how did, how does that actually make you unique and a better partner? Right? Like, do you have an ability to have compassion or empathy for situations where other people might be like, oh, I don't want to deal with that, right? Or do you have a greater ability now to listen to what people are going through or whatever it is? I'm just, I'm just spitballing here. But I want you to think about some of the attributes that you gained by going through this really difficult experience and then lead with that whenever you feel that you want to share this information with the other person. Now, is that a guarantee that that's how they're going to receive it? No, of course not. People are allowed to, you know, ideally they're not dicks, but people are allowed to think and feel and have preferences for whatever they think and feel and have preferences for. That's, you know, and that's, and that's part of it, unfortunately. However, I do think that how you share the information and how you relate to it and how you approach it is going to have a pretty big impact on how the other person will receive it. So again, I know that's not like a direct answer of what to do or what not to do, but I hope it gives you some things to think about if you can relate to this experience and you are unsure about when to share such information. And by the way, if you want to talk about this with me, this would be, I don't have an episode like this. I don't think. I know I've had other survivors on this show before, but I don't think this specific question has come up. So if you have this question and you want to come onto the show and be coached by me and we can have a whole conversation around this, I would love that. So again, veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast is where you can sign up. Okay. So in the beginning of the call, I immediately took her back to the version of herself in that relationship to see what was going on. And it became clear pretty quickly that she made that decision from family and also societal pressure. So it wasn't super surprising to me to hear her answer when I asked if this was the first time that something like this had happened. And she immediately brought up her six-year-old self when her mother told her to stop dancing in public. 
And my heart broke for her because that is so devastating. I mean, think about how young a six-year-old is. They are just in their little world, having fun, doing what, you know, the spirit moves them to do and to be told that she is wrong or bad or embarrassing in some way. That's really traumatizing for a six-year-old. And to be clear, I'm not criticizing her mother. Usually parents do things like this to protect their children from embarrassment, even though really it's to protect themselves from embarrassment. Her mother certainly was doing the best she could as all people are on earth, I believe. Anyways, so at six years old, you're just becoming aware of the world outside of your parents and that other people can hurt your feelings or cause otherwise uncomfortable emotions. In other words, you know, six years old, and I think the six to eight year time frame is a really important time for development and growth. Because I do believe that it is a time when you start seeing the world outside of your parents and your home. And that's where a lot of inner child wounds can start. And so other than the inner child work, I really want her to have the utmost compassion. Yes, for her inner child, but I also want her to have a lot of compassion for herself for making the choices that she did in that relationship. In my mind, she didn't make any mistakes. She was doing the best she could with the tools and resources she had. And at the time, accommodating others and doing what others thought were best or what made them feel comfortable, that's what she knew. And again, we we know why. This is how she learned to relate to others and how to be in the world. And I don't think that can be understated. And so when she starts building that compassion, yes, for her six-year-old self, but then also for that version of herself in the relationship, the next piece is to start building the confidence and the self-trust that she can navigate through various situations and get out if needed. Did you notice that I reminded her that she has other tools and resources now that she might not have had 13 years ago? Her entire tone changed and I felt she deeply knew and believed that. Even writing out what you know now or looking at other decisions that you've made in the past can help build that evidence that she can, in fact, trust herself. So next, she has a lot of story about dating and all the things that have happened, but she was also worried about things that could happen. Here's the thing, though. You know, she's worried about something that's like step 10 or 11. I mean, there's not literally that many. I mean, I don't know exactly the steps. You know what I mean? But basically, she's worried about a bridge that's three bridges away, and she's at bridge number one. And here's the thing, and I tell this with my clients all the time. I do not coach on hypotheticals. We're like, well, what if this happens, or this thing might happen, or what do I do when I get into this situation? And I don't coach on that. And the reason why I don't is because that would be me playing into your fears, right? And what good is that going to do? Now, the thing that she's worried about, could it happen? Of course. Are there things that she can do to try to prevent those things from happening? Of course. This is where the inner child work comes in. This is where doing the work around getting over this ex, not like from the acute phase, but the second part, which is a lot of what a lot of people don't do. I've talked extensively about that on the show that can prevent some of those kind of worst case scenarios from happening that she's afraid of. But again, if you are worried about something that's like step, even like step three or step four, and you're still at step one, worry about step one. Because guess what? When you can cross over that first bridge, when you can complete that first step, you've done something. And that helps to build a little bit of confidence. And then the next step, like, okay, yeah, I can do that. And then all of a sudden you're at step 10. You're like, holy shit, how did I get here? And it's because you did it one step at a time. And then finally, I want you to know the difference between being shy, being introverted, and being reserved. 
Shy is actually related to confidence and social apprehension and anxiety. These are usually learned fears and a lot of doing the inner work will help with the shyness. Being reserved is just simply someone who is more quiet, someone who likes to observe more than being the star of the show. Introversion is how you get your energy. People can be super not shy, superstar of the party or whatever, but then also be introverted, right? If you feel drained after you spend time with people, you're probably more on the introverted side of the spectrum. If being with people actually energize you and lights you up and you're like, yes, this is great. I feel so alive now. Then you're probably more on the extroverted side of things. And to be clear, it's not like you're introverted or extroverted. It is a spectrum. Some people are ambiverts where they're like right in the middle and need a little bit of both. But I do think that it's important to differentiate all of these three things, because I think that when you confuse them, then you just kind of resort to like, well, you know, I'm shy. So this is hard for me right? And like, no, if you're shy, there's inner work that you can do around that. If you're reserved or if you're more introverted rather than extroverted, I don't think it's going to be helpful for you to try to change that because, you know, you might naturally shift as you age or have different experiences and that's fine if that happens. But I don't think it's helpful for you to go out of your way to try to change that because you're just really ultimately changing fundamentally who you are. And that's always going to feel super, super tricky and confusing. I think what you're, you're much better off by just owning that and then building your social life or your dating life around that. So if you're more reserved, you might need to have some questions in mind that you can, you know, remember to recall when you're, when you're on a date and then just do a really good job listening, you know, with people who aren't reserved or people who are more like the talkers or extroverted or whatever, sometimes, you know, they forget to just stop and listen. You know, we do live in a society that does favor more of the extroverted characteristics. And that's wonderful. I'm not, I'm not like bashing extroverts. I I love you all. I I don't understand you all, but I love you all. (laughs) I'm very introverted. Um, but I want you to start looking for the gifts of being introverted. I want you to start looking for the gifts of being more reserved and bringing those leading with those in your relationship experience, but then also acknowledging that if you are more introverted, you probably shouldn't schedule like five dates in a week or, you know, I'm exaggerating here, but you've got to be mindful it might be too much for you to be at work all day and like have like lots of people in your space and then also to go on a date. So maybe you only go on dates on the weekends or whatever. I mean, I'm not saying you have to do that, but whatever feels good that would work for you, just work with it rather than work against it. It's going to make life so, so much easier here. So here are your action steps. Number one, get clear. Are you shy or introverted or reserved or a combo of any number of those things. If you're more shy, then definitely focus on some of the inner work so that you can build some of that self-worth and self-esteem. If you know that it's actually you being a little bit more reserved and more introverted, then don't fight yourself on that. It's really going to be a much more painful process than necessary. It's going to make dating even more scary and draining. Number two, in your past relationships, why did you make the decisions that you did? Not like, in a, why did you do that? But can you actually see the place that you're in and feel the place that you're in and from that place, the decisions that you made and then have compassion for yourself for that. And then from there, can you see how you can build some self-forgiveness so that you can better trust yourself in present time? You did the best you could at the time. Now you have more tools. Now you have more resources. I'm not saying this time would be perfect, but you will do better. 
And can you see how if you think you are making decisions from being, you know, dumb or naive or immature or whatever, you're actually holding yourself to that bar now because you probably still think of yourself as well, like, you know, did those decisions once, why am I going to do it again? And this really gets to my point of the two parts of getting over a breakup. And I've had several episodes recently where I've talked about this with people. So we'll put some of those episodes in the show notes if you can relate to that. But there's two parts to getting over an ex. There is the, you know, the acute phase where you're devastated, you're sad, maybe you want to get back together. Everyone knows this phase, everyone's gone through this phase. There's a second phase, which often gets overlooked. And the second phase is where you actually have to look at what created the relationship, what beliefs created the relationship, what wounds created the relationship, so you can specifically work through that and and heal that. It's so, so important. Um, A lot of people don't do this, and then they end up finding themselves in the same relationship or situationship over and over and over and over again. This is a big part of what I do with clients. So if you can relate to that, I strongly recommend considering working together, but the very least, make sure you go back and listen to some of those episodes where I talk specifically about that. So we'll put some of those episodes in the show notes so that you can listen. And then finally, evidence breeds confidence. At some point, Nina, and if you can relate to this, we'll have to go out and try it. Otherwise, what is going on in your head will just keep creating scenario after scenario that probably gets increasingly scary and also increasingly unrealistic. But regardless, you take it as truth. You take it as, well, this could actually happen. And so it makes the prospect of dating that much more difficult. If you can relate to that, I actually highly recommend you listen to the bonus episode that I did at the end of December, where I talked about the four stages of learning. A lot of times people stay in the phase that's called conscious incompetence. So that's the second phase where where you know that things are different, you know that there's boundaries and communication and healthy relationships and all that stuff, but you're still not quite sure how to activate that. You're still not sure how to be in that place. And so what ends up happening is you get so paralyzed because you don't want the previous thing happening that you don't actually go out and practice the new skills and practice the communication and the boundaries and all of those things that build and develop a healthy relationship. But evidence breeds confidence, meaning you have to get out of your head and you actually have to do it. Now, I don't want you to force yourself and push yourself too hard to a point where you're putting yourself in an emotionally unsafe position. I'm not saying that, but at some point, the inner work will only get you so far until you actually go out and date and just see what happens. All right. I hope you love this episode. I've got a brand new kind of episode coming out next week, which I'm super excited to get to you. I know I've talked a lot on the podcast, like the cadence of the show's and the fourth episode of the month I've always said is either an, is either an interview or it's a solo episode. And I finally have a theme that I'm going to stick to at least for a little while. See how you like it for the fourth episode. Um, I will share that with you next week. I think you're really going to love it. Um, before I sign off here, just a few reminders. One, I love and appreciate your ratings and reviews. So please tap some stars, leave a review. It's really, really helpful. Definitely an Apple podcast and also Spotify or wherever you listen to this show. Don't forget to download the emotional availability assessment and that will get you onto my newsletter list. And once you're on my newsletter list, make sure you look out for the wild soul movement sessions that I'll be doing, especially if you really want to integrate some of the self-compassion, self-forgiveness, self-love, building up confidence, all of those kinds of things. I really do believe when you add movement with mantra, you can really begin to integrate some of the stuff that I talk about on the show and the work that I do. So I'm super excited about getting those free classes to you. And then finally, if you're interested in working together, I have a few spots available. They go quickly. 
and I never really have that many open spots. So if you are interested in me helping you through, you know, getting over the second phase of a breakup, if you know a relationship is still holding you back or paralyzing you, this is a really great place to start coaching clients on. Um, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching, fill out the form there, and then you'll be able to schedule your introductory call so we can have a chat about if working together is the next right step for you. So if you are ready to invest time and money and energy into yourself and into your love life, I would love to chat. Again, that link is veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. And the link to my assessment is veronicagrant.com forward slash assessment. All right, my dear, I'll see you next week for a brand new episode with a brand new theme for the fourth Thursday. Super excited about it. And we'll talk soon. If you've got it all but love, you're ready to up-level your love life, and the work we did in this episode resonates, I want you to strongly consider working with me one-on-one. You'll never hear me say, you just got to get out there more, or you got to love yourself more. Working together is your opportunity for me to guide you in doing the deep work so you can transform your love life from the inside out. I actually don't care what app you're on or what your texting game is like or how many dates a month you go on. I care about doing the deep work so you can attract a deep love. I meet you right where you are, hold your hand and hold you accountable throughout the process. So if you're looping or feeling stuck in your patterns and can psychoanalyze yourself to death, I can get you to where you want to go. If you're serious about finding love in the next 12 months and are ready to invest time and money into yourself, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can explore if working together is the next right step for you. You can learn more and schedule your consult at veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. If you're looking for links or resources mentioned in the show, you can find them in the show notes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And if you love this episode, please subscribe and rate and review wherever you listen. It really helps me to grow the show. Thank you so much in advance. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of the Love Life Connection podcast. And until then, sending you lots of love. 